coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast. This is your host, Zombie Joe. Today's episode is 18 and I'm going to be looking at camping horror. So I'm going to be checking out season 9 of 1984 American Horror Story, and the which is the love letter pretty much and it gives a lot of nods towards the burning and Friday the 13th and also Sleepaway Camp. So I'm going to be giving some horrible mentions to the burning and Sleepaway Camp uh, in this episode today. Cool. So before I get cracking into that, uh, as some have noticed, I've been away for like nearly six weeks uh, since the last episode. Um, just a combination of stuff. Uh, one, I want a little bit of a break, but then when I got back to sitting down and actually wanting to do a show, uh, unlike the Mick Jagger song, Tom's Always On My Side, uh, freaking no it wasn't it was a complete see you next Tuesday and every time I went to sit down and do something something happened at the main at the moment internet's crap in the crypt um, I don't know one of the zombies on top shuffled around kicked the cable and snapped it so now we're getting our internet fixed uh, in the crypt so it's been causing some uh, issues for us but uh, we're gonna get there and get it fixed so cool so yes, like I said, it gave me a bit of free time to uh, shuffle around outside of the crypt. And so yeah, one order of business was I went and checked out. I listened to a, um, a recently a podcast called Dave's Video Graveyard. You can find them on WOW FM 100.5. Uh, very, very funny like very very funny i've been listening to them to and from work uh and yeah i tell you it's it's what i need after a bit of a de-stress um covering some horror films also just a lot of other 90s nostalgia uh and yeah can now no longer listen to broken wings anymore without cracking up um, i have a decent spotify 80s list i had to remove broken wings out of that list because every time I can fucking listen to it, it just gets dirty really quick. And I'm just like, nah, it's gone. So, uh, you know, quite funny. Uh, but yeah, great show. Uh, definitely listen to them uh, on uh, Spotify uh, and also where you get, you know, your podcast and kind of streaming uh, services from. So, yeah, definitely give them a check out. Also, yeah, on the radio station as well, if you go to the website, uh, Wow FM, so it stands for Way Out West. Uh, FM, uh, you go on the website, Google it. I think overseas you'll be able to listen to it as well. There's a program on there. Dave's uh, show is on uh, Monday nights, eight o'clock. So yeah, definitely check it out. I've been listening to the show via the podcasts. So um, yeah, but definitely going going to the radio station, support the radio. Um, I subscribed, became a member. So yeah, that uh, money will help them out. So yeah, definitely. If you get a chance and you're in Adelaide, you want to support a local kind of prod broadcaster, uh, yeah, that would be the way to go. So uh, on the intern, oh, actually no, I'll keep it, still keep it going local uh, until I go over the she's. Um, went down, well, surprise, I had a fucking day off. Uh, yeah, so I had the little little zombie with me and we went uh, walking through the, the big city and I uh, thought, you know what, I'm going to go down, I'm going to check out Greenlight Comics because it has been a long time since I've managed to get my ass in there. Uh, anyway, went down, met Sarah, Dan wasn't there. Dan is the co-owner and also the co-host with Jen of uh, a podcast called Terry Vision, which is really, really good. I've been listening to them as well. So if you listen to this, you haven't heard, get on Spotify, check them out, Spotify, I should say. Uh, and uh, yeah, definitely check them out, uh, support, the, support the episodes as well. It's been really, really good. Very funny. And uh, yeah, the takes on listening to these movies more in depth is uh, really good and I really dig it as well. So uh, definitely check them out. So I went in there and I bought this, which is the graphic novel that I've been massively hanging out for. And now two is on its way, so I'll be definitely 
Uh, can't wait for that when that comes out. So that's a bit of a read for me. I've got my upcoming annual leave happening, so I'm massively hanging out, so I'm going to be reading that for sure. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, definitely go down or go online, uh, uh, become a member and uh, subscribe, and then that way you can... Uh, you can do online purchases as well if you can't come into the city, uh, but you want to support the support the business. Uh, go online, buy the books, you know, support support a good business. So and then yeah, definitely check out um, TerraVision on uh, podcasts as well. In the meantime, I came across uh, Troy Mundy's book, uh, Dead Adelaide, uh, Dead Adelaide. Um, on Instagram, so I contacted him. Upcoming episode of Zombie Bite, I will be talking with him about this book. So this is a zombie uh, novel uh, set in Adelaide. So I thought, hey, get on it. So I've got a couple of copies uh, from Troy. So if you're very, if you're interested, uh, after the interview, uh, I'm more than happy. I've got two two copies, but I'll, I'll see what I can do if I can if you're interested and I need some more I'll let you know so but yeah, definitely looking forward to talking to Troy about that. So there you go uh, Also in the meantime I got in search for darkness 2 the pack came out from America So this is the international news now. So uh, I managed to just excuse the side of my face talking away from the microphone so, you know. <clears throat> so uh, initially the the first uh, one of this horror doco is in search for darkness one this is what came out with the pack as a blu-ray I originally bought the DVD um, with that and then what I've done is the postcard that came with it uh, I put that on top, which I think is an awesome postcard. Um, uh, it's, it's uh, the reason why I did that is because I clicked the wrong thing and ended up getting the Corey Taylor edition. Not that I've got anything against Corey Taylor, who's the lead singer of Slipknot, but I, I, I just dug that cover more, the postcard. Uh, I, like I said, I clicked the wrong thing in ordering, and that would have been a massive poster. And I got the postcard instead, and I put my name down for the credits and didn't get it. So it doesn't matter. But uh, so when I ordered number two in Search for Darkness, I got my name in the credits. Uh, it comes out in this really cool, um, kind of crunchy looking VHS cover. Um, and uh, yeah, the DVD's inside. Um, you get a collector's badge as well. So that's uh, looking pretty sweet. Uh, you get also chucked in the first one of this. If you have Shutter, it's already on there. So number one is already on there. So you can go and check them out on Shutter. But it comes out with these absolutely epic posters. There's this one here. There is this one here. And there's this one here so very very cool I um, really dig it I'm, I'm on the look for the original search for darkness one poster so I'm kind of I want to get that framed and then eventually when uh, we move out of the crypt and get another crypt and I can get a study in that crypt uh, these bad boys are all getting framed so um, yes and, and I'll have a bit of a <laughs> a better display than the than in here. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, also continuing on with international news. Now the very first horror podcast that I listened to that inspired me to get out there and um, and podcast was Bloody Good Horror. Now they've been around for over a decade and. So, I, I re well, funnily enough, the bit of the segue for this is because the original imagery for their design for Bloody Good Horror was actually the microphone with the the shears sticking up, which is the burning, um, the famous silhouette for the burning, which um, which was the logo for their show, and it was two mics together as a, as a, as gun shears, which I thought was really really cool design. Um, they have a collection of merchandise that they they sell. Partly goes to them, partly charity. 
Um, and so they someone came up with this kicker design. I fucking love it. Like it's there is there's that. Um, I got the coffee mug up here, and uh, just excuse me, professionalism at its best. Uh, just I bought the t-shirt, the, the color t-shirt. So I'm going to be walking around with that bad boy. Uh, not at work. I wish I could, but no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this one here, ready for winter. Now that winter's coming, winter's coming uh, in in Australia. Anyway, we're autumn and it's still fucking 30 degrees. So I don't know when that's going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, Australia being as it is weather-wise, it will, it, will, it will get cold eventually. Like, but say so those, those jumpers are going to come in, uh, in handy then and I'll be able to... Uh, be a bit of a talking point when I'm walking down the street and they go, what's that? And I say, it's bloody good horror. Uh, check them out. They're a fantastic podcast. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard of them yet, get on get on BGH. Like, uh, there's back episodes, Patreon. Uh, absolutely, yeah. The, the knowledge, um, the horror knowledge of this team that uh, that's on the show and is phenomenal. Like, really, really good. And humor as well, so it's a great mix and uh, definitely a good listen. So, uh, probably my advice to you is don't listen to bloody good horror and exercise. Uh, I tried to do that once, and nah, not a good idea because with the humor you start laughing on the fucking treadmill. It's uh, <laughs> it doesn't go down well, uh, and I nearly had a stack. So yeah, there's uh, yeah, I've I've learned not to exercise listening to these guys. So yeah, preferably when you're driving in the car or sitting around, uh, yeah, definitely give them a listen. So cool. That's kind of the little promo corner that I had. Um, moving on to the buzznails of the of the show. So anyway, ah, anyway, so the uh, yeah episode eighteen is American Horror Story now. Uh, it's it's gone on for ten years, like, and I was like, shit, I, I didn't realize, and I thought, wow, there you go. So when we got to episode season nine, uh, I was like, wow, it's been, it's been like I don't have cable, so initially for me to watch American Horror Story, it was on one of the digital channels, and it was shown really late at night. It was like eleven o'clock or ten o'clock uh, on one of the digital channels, so. I used to record them and watch them and, and got them into it that way. Kind of missed season one of of American Horror Story here and there, but then managed to get into it when they did Coven. Uh, that was really good, and I enjoyed Hostel. That was really good. Um, and, yeah, a couple slipped through, the, slipped through the radar because they weren't getting shown on... Um, uh, on cable, on the digital TV anymore. It was like on cable. I don't have cable, so I kind of missed out on them. Uh, they were available on DVD, but because I hadn't seen them, I didn't want to invest in buying the DVD if I hadn't watched it. Like, so you know, a couple of years went by where you know American Horror Story kind of didn't uh, didn't really get a look in with me. But then I I got the 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 news about 1984 and it really pricked my interest and I said this is the one that I am very keen on checking out on it's like it's the nod to the 80s slasher it's got to be good I mean if you add all the if you add all the episodes together it's six hours like and I'm thinking this is gold like you know and being being American Horror Story it's going to take creative license to real life people or an event and then do their little twist and turn on it. And boy, oh boy, did they chuck some turns and some twists and some new characters and really, really, really phenomenal. So uh, definitely recommend. The only way I managed to watch this was on binge. Like, And so uh, if you don't want to do that, you can wait for it to come out on DVD. I researched it. It's going to be a while, but it's coming out this year on DVD. So you can kind of hang out and watch it then. Uh, you won't be you won't be disappointed. Um, gore wise, fucking like very very good. Uh, there's a pretty decent disembowelment in this one, and I was I I had to. It takes a lot for me to pause it and then go back 
and then look at it and go, fuck, like they did. I'm not, okay, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. I'm a bit funny about doing that, but holy shit, like the aftermath of this disembowelment was nuts. It was ball to the wall. Fantastic effects and just the prep, man, I'm just really impressed with, with how they've done it and being strung up and I was like, fuck, that is, one, that would be a horrible way to go, but two, I was thinking, holy, like, to, to come up with that is just phenomenal. This show just doesn't seem like after 10 years, you'd be thinking, okay, it's getting a bit like, mm, get out the WD-40, it's getting a bit squeaky. But like, no, nah, no, nah, not at all. Not at all. They, they, they're kicking goals and they're, they're doing well. So um, definitely impressed with that scene. Uh, and some other scenes as well. So the gore factor in it is very high and not disappointing whatsoever. Uh, it kind of, I don't know, there's there's a couple of, this is a bit of a landmine because if you start going into the thing, you start spoiling it and I don't want to spoil it. So that's kind of my thing here on the show. So um, there's a couple of character reveals in this one. One is pretty decent and strong. The other one's a little bit weak and it redeems itself by the mid last couple of episodes. So when you're watching this and you're thinking, eh, hang in there, because it really, that actually, no, there's no episodes. What I mean by that is, you know how you get a show and there's a couple of episodes and they're a bit shit and they're the filler you don't get a filler episode in this one. Each episode will have you going what, like through most of it. Uh, it's It really picks the pace up and then you get to the end and you're kind of bummed that it's finished. Like you you really wanted it to keep going. Like it was, it was, it was really good. So it ends well, but you just kind of, because you're so used to having this fantastic episode, 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 you're kind of like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, when school holidays finish, you're kind of like, oh, I've got to go back. So that's, you'll really enjoy it. You'll really enjoy the show. They've got, uh, like I said, American Horror Story. They've got the regular rostered team on <laughs> kind of characters, uh, actors and actresses on this one. Kathy Bates gets benched on this one. Uh, she's, uh, uh, I think, probably recuperating. Uh, she's, um, I don't know if she's torn a hammy, but like she's, she was in the couple of the first other two before this. Uh, so they were just, I think, kind of benching Kathy, and now she's back for season ten. So uh, good that Kathy's back. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's good to see her. The Emma. So the it was written. So it's directed by Bradley Becker uh, and written by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk. Now that's what I'm going with. Uh, probably butchered those surnames, and I do apologise. Uh, Emma Emma Roberts comes back as Brick Thompson, Billy Lord, who's the daughter of um, uh, Kate Fisher, is Montana Duke, uh, Cody Fern, uh, the Australian actor. Like mate, I tell you what, this this guy's bloody speech coach is phenomenal. Like I didn't even know this guy was an Aussie until I looked up the stuff and I went shit. He's from Western Australia. He's got his acting thing with uh, the late um, Heath Ledger. Um, she, uh, he, he got in with the scholarship and um, uh, got in uh, to, to acting that way through the scholarship and then went to LA and has managed to just do extraordinarily well for himself and has managed to now get the gig on American Horror Story. So I'm currently watching American Horror Story Apocalypse and he's on it as the kind of the antichrist character warlock uh really mate but the accent you just like there's no like i thought it was really well done. he's a phenomenal actor like phenomenal actor so i really i really liked him in this and so he plays xavier um you got gus uh kentworthy who's from the uk and he plays chet so there's another uh you know good voice acting uh voice coach uh, did a fantastic job with him because i didn't even know it was from the uk uh did a phenomenal job with his american accent 
Then you've got uh, Deron Horton, who plays Ray Powell. And then you've got Peter Whit Whitrock, who plays Bobby. And he's been in a few other seasons of uh, American Horror. A freak show, he was, he was in that. Uh, played a bit of a nasty pasty in that one. Uh, but it's good. He's a good guy in this one. So there you go. And that's what I like about American Horror Story, where you have one season where the dude or the dudette is completely a nasty pasty. And then you get them and they change their role again. Like they're really nice. And you're just like, well, shit. Like it's, it kind of freaks, especially when they're really bad in the first one. And then in the second season or third season of American Horror Story, they're really good. And you're thinking, uh, <laughs> it shows how good of an actor and actress they are. So that's great. For the adults, so they were the young people. Um, and then you got your adults. So you got uh, Lily Rabe, uh, who plays the mum in a sequence from 1948. Uh, you've got Matthew Morrison, who's the guy from Glee. He plays Trevor. Uh, Angelica Ross um, is Nurse Reader. Uh, Zach Villa plays Richard Ramirez as the Night Stalker. And Leslie Grossman plays Margaret Booth. And John Carroll Lynch is Mr. Jingles. So uh, John Carroll Lynch, you'd know uh, the guy, well, everyone that's kind of my age, and a little bit older would remember the Drew Carey show. He was on it and played uh, Drew Carey's um, uh, transgender brother uh, in that. Um, Zach Villa does a really good version of Richard Ramirez. Now, I was kind of watching and I thought, I know there's a bloody AHS where they had the Night Stalker on it. And then it twigged and it was like it was Hostel, which is the Hotel Cecil. So funnily enough, the one character linked in with two Netflix docos, one on the Hotel Cecil, one on the Night Stalker. So there's there's one uh, episode of American Horror Story Hostel where it was the Devil's Night and all the serial killers were in one room. So you've got John Wayne Gacy, uh, Eileen, played by Lily Rabe, who fucking, like, looked exactly like her. Like, it just creeped the shit out of me. Like, the dirty teeth, the hair, like, the phenomenal makeup. And the act and the character acting is just... That's why I really like American Horror Story. A lot of people, I don't know, like, some people are really on this case. And I'm thinking, nah, man, I've, I've, to, to come out each, each year... For 10 years with a storyline, it's pretty, it's not bad. And it's given a lot of other people a bit of a leg up in acting. So, you know, Lady Gaga kind of did her stint with that and then went on to uh, do her little bloody musical movie. Um, so it, it's it's quite, it's a quite good show for that reason. And um, yeah. So this, I forgot, I don't know the name of the actor now that played Richard Ramirez in that episode, but I was trying, I remembered him and I thought, hang on, he didn't play the same guy. Like, there's another guy that's playing Richard Ramirez and that's now Zach Villa. And Zach Villa does a really good job as Ramirez. Like, because when I went back and watched Hostel on purpose to see the Night Stalker in that one, I kind of compared the pair and I went, nah, Villa's got it. Like, um... He's got it hands down. Like, he's he's done it really, really well. And I don't know if that's because of recently the the Night Stalker doco and he was able to kind of research the role a bit better. But, um, yeah, there's, there's distinct real-life photos of the piece of shit that is Richard Ramirez uh, with his hair and the sunglasses in court. And Zach Villa does that spot on like he's he's got it spot on so the casting for him this time around was was really real done and then yeah so and then you've got angelica ross uh who's uh did a really good job and um also uh, uh represents the uh transgender uh actresses so well done to angelica on that and did a really good sinister yet you get to learn to understand her, her character throughout the episode. So phenomenal, phenomenal episode um, uh, actress there. So basically, the rundown of this is it's 1984, um, the summer in LA. 
the peak of the Night Stalker. So this is kind of the side story that's going on at the same time. And this is the funny thing about AHS is you've got multiple kind of stories all happening at the one time, but it all kind of bleeds into this one kind of thing. And so you've got, it's it's 84, Camp Redwood, that's where we're at. And um, Camp Redwood already has a reputation as being a nasty place because there was a Friday the 13th style massacre that occurred with uh, with the um, with the councillors. Uh, and that's your kind of nod to Friday the 13th there. There is another one later on. I'm not going to talk about it. I want you to experience that because it comes out of nowhere. Like, and it makes you jump. Uh, and you think, oh, damn, that is a that is a sensational nod to Friday the 13th. It was brilliant. Um, and so the the young people, uh, you know, Emma Roberts, uh, so Brooke, Montana, Xavier, Chet, Ray, and yeah, that's who you meet at the start um, on on the chance that they're all in the gym. Because the the other thing in the eighties was gyms were a huge thing uh, at that time. Uh, also, uh, Toxic Avenger. When I, I, I talked about an episode of Toxic Avenger, um, they 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 shot Toxic Avenger because the two main things at the time was pollution in America that was a really nasty problem, and also the rise of the health clubs. The gyms were massive. Aerobics was huge. So in eighty four. Uh, in AHS 84, it's, it's, of course, it's <clears throat> they're all meeting at a gym, uh, all working out, all the hot little girls and guys, you know, uh, all with their little spandex on, doing their aerobics. Uh, and they kind of, you know, play around with this image for a bit. And then it, it, it turns out that these guys have all got a job at this Camp Redwood and they're getting out of LA over summer because these, these attacks, these random attacks... By the night stalker is starting to occur and it's freaking her out a bit and <clears throat> so brooke brooke thompson uh played by emma roberts uh she's freaked out because she's um uh, had been attacked before uh and she's had a pretty nasty her character storyline leading up to this has had some nasty occurrences that have happened to her so long story short she gets attacked uh, and she's like, no, I'm with you guys. I'm going to this um, this Camp Redwood uh, trip with you guys to be safe and safe in a, a group of people. And so off they went to to Camp Redwood. And uh, in the in the um, in the style of a lot of things, you have the the doomsday kind of um, warning from the gas station attendant or the servo operator here in. <laughs> Here in Australia, like it, it'll be quite. It'll be. It's these scenes kind of make me laugh because I'm thinking if if someone if something like this happened in Australia, we all pulled over, we went to the survey, and one you don't have a guy come out pumping pumping the petrol. It just won't happen. It used to when I was a kid. I remember that, but now it's long gone. That doesn't happen anymore. But it'd be hilarious if the guy comes out and he's like, while he's filling up the car. You go, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, if you go up to this place, you're dead. Everyone would just go, get fucked. Like, there's just no way the servo guy would come out and pre-warn you about this ending doom thing that had happened. Everyone would just tell them to get fucked. Like, it's... So I always kind of find that scene hilarious because it just wouldn't happen in Australia. Um, or it end badly for the servo attendant anyway. <laughs> like, you'd get a, a tirade of abuse and probably get punched as well. So um, yeah. Anyway, so they he gives the, the 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 cliche kind of warning, and yeah, it is a cliche, but you're expecting that because this like you, you, if you if you go into this thinking it's not going to give nods to slashes, yeah 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 I don't know you kind of missed the point. You know that this is going to be a massive love letter, massive nods, massive cliches to all these kind of horror slasher events. So he does that, and they go to Camp Redwood, and they meet the counsellor, and uh, played by uh, Leslie Grossman, and she's like this intense, uh, jumping for Jesus clapper, and um, <clears throat> so uh, 
Sporadically, there's there's tension between the young people and the councillor that's running this camp already. Like, so there's it's it's not a great way to start, but yeah, there's already tension uh, between the group, and then you know, kind of kicks off, and then you, the killing starts, and everyone starts getting picked off, and it's this kind of who's next, who's doing it, you know? Oh my god, it's him! No, it's not them! Oh my god, it was them! No, it's not them! Like it. So the for the next, you know, I think six or seven episodes, you're just kind of like, fuck, like, because it, the plot twisting through this is phenomenal, like phenomenal. It is really, really good. So, um, like I said, unfortunately, you're either going to have to wait uh, for DVD. If you can't wait, I'm pretty sure if you go free trial... Uh, with binge you can get in and you can just quickly get it done and then you know pull it up uh, when when you've uh, finished watching it in 1984 I don't know but you'd like the streaming it is, there's some good stuff in there so you know you might as well hang around for the price it's pretty good um, and um, it's got the, all the Walking Dead Fear the Walking Dead it's got all these other horror shows so I'm kind of hanging around to watch it through that because there's no other way I can watch it. So it's just the way it is now, like with the streaming stuff. So, um, yeah. So like I said, insane plot twists gets to the, gets to the real business end of the episodes. And you're just thinking, what? Like, and it, it ended fantastic. And it was really, really good. So definitely look, if you can hang out, great. If you can't go out and binge it, that's that's all I'm gonna say. So moving on to that, like I said, uh, in '84, it gives some pretty decent nods to um, uh, <clears throat> the the burning, and it and it does a nod to uh, Sleepaway Camp. So that's why I'm gonna start talking about these these two movies. The interesting thing about um, so let's look at the burning. Right now, like I said before, the burning for me was I was late to the party for the burning, uh, and also for sleepaway camp. I remember distinctly the two VHS covers and posters for these films as a kid going into the video shop. I didn't get to watch these films until I was in maybe my mid 20s, uh, when I went to hire them from the video shop. The reason why I was late to the game on this one, kind of like uh, Blood Diner, was that you'd go into your video DVD shop with the distinct purpose of hiring it. And then, like bloody Dory from Finding Nemo, I'd get distracted, like, and I'd go and hire something else. Something else would take them off. Oh, oh this came out. Oh, 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 like, you know. And I'd always gets sidetracked and so it gets bumped down the list, bumped down the watch list, bumped down the watch list to the point where it was years and years and I thought, shit, I still haven't seen the burning. Like, and so it's just unintentional. And then you, you pop it on and you're just like, fuck, why didn't I watch this before? Like, and you're just blown away by it. Like later down the track, you know, many years later, you're watching the burning and you're just like, you're, you're jaws to the floor. Because, and I'm thinking, this movie didn't get the credit that it deserves, right? It really doesn't. Like, this is this is an amazing slasher film. And it seems to still not get the light of day. Like, even now with horror fans saying, the burning, the burning, check the burning, you know. Um, it's still not getting it's still not getting that leg up everyone still is kind of like oh friday friday the 13th that's your camp horror film you know that's it that's it that's that's the horror camping film and they're not looking at the other possibilities or the runners up to these shows and this is a close first as well for me personally is the burning like it's um you know friday the 13th one and the burning like that's that's how the two sit in that they share the first place and then sleep away camp second uh, after that. So, because <clears throat> if you divvy up the Friday the 13th, 
it's really uh, you're looking at say Friday the 13th 1 to 5 really because uh, then he starts going into space and he start, you know like it still starts going everywhere and it really doesn't stick to that uh, Camp Crystal Lake area uh, like if you really want the Camp Crystal Lake um, uh, terror and all that you, you'd watch 1 to 5 so um, the burning uh, it's a huge cast like it's 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 amazing like I'd, I was I'd, it goes for an hour and a half and so within for the first about 50 minutes it's this character building, right? So you're introduced to all these young people, right? And by most parts, you like them. There's Glazer played by... Um, sorry, played by Larry Joshua, right? He's kind of the jock. He's kind of okay. He's kind of a dick. And he's muscular, he's almost like toxic masculine to a point, you know. He's kind of overdoing his masculinity a little bit, so you're kind of going, mm, like, what's he covering? But he he really fucking does not like... Um, I've got his... Excuse me for a sec. Alfred, that's it. Sorry, my, my notes are super small. I didn't realize I had these bloody notes that were so tiny. Holy shit. Uh, anyway, so you've you've got uh, Brian uh, Becker who plays uh, Alfred. And Alfred is like this, I wouldn't even say awkward. He's, he's just bizarre. Like he's he is just bizarre, and he just irritates the shit out of a lot of people there. The counselors are trying to be nice to him, but he's just doing dumbass shit that's getting himself into trouble. He's being a bit creepy as well, and he's not helping his case whatsoever. We've all had someone like that in high school, and. To the point where I'm watching this movie and I wanted to smash him a few times. Like, I was just like, fuck. And, and I've been, I have, you know, been a victim of, you know, the casual bullying here and there in high school. Uh, but I was just looking at this guy going, holy shit, you are just painting a target on yourself. Like, what are you doing? Um, so, of course, you know, guys like Glazer just just want to pummel the shit out of this guy all the time and the other um the other young people are always either trying to say hey you know get off alfred's case or they're, they're trying to say they're trying to pull alfred's side going dude you can't do that like blah 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 so after the 20th time this has happened like within 50 minutes you're just like alfred can you just fuck off like what are you, <laughs> you know just knock the prick out like, i feel like i feel like saying to glazer Stand back, mate. Hold my beer. Like I'm just gonna knock this fucker out myself. Like, cause he was he was being really weird and just super annoying about a lot of stuff. So when when the killer starts stalking him, I was just like, please just hurry up. Like he's over there behind the tree. Just fucking go for it. Like you, you, he was really the only character you didn't like. You know, you struggled to like him. You, you're kind of like the other young people in this show where you're kind of like, hey, mate, like, you know, probably don't want to do that. Like, after, like I said, 20 times, you're like, this guy's a fucktart. Like, he's, he's just kick him in the fucking river. Like, he's, he's, he's giving me the shits. Uh, so he was the reason why I felt the burning was a bit hard to watch because I'd, every time he came on, he'd piss me off. Like I, would, I could, I can understand with Cropley. Like I felt like the serial killer. I felt like Glazer. I felt like everyone that didn't like this guy. He just grated me something hard. Then you've got the other actors and actresses. So you've got Jason Alexander, good old Costanza himself, as a very young Costanza uh, with hair. Very cool. If you close your eyes, it's Duckman. Um, and so. Yeah, just really funny. 
not being sleazy with the girls, but kind of, yeah, he's, yeah, he was, he kind of wasn't holding back a few times, uh, and being a bit, a bit sleazy, but like he, it was, it was done in good fun as well, but yeah, he'd, he'd be pulled up quite a bit um, if he was, if he was around in now, nowadays. Uh, Holly Hunt uh, plays Sophie. Uh, Fisher Stevens plays Woodstock. Uh, Fisher Stevens, you'd know him later as um, in Short Circuit. He plays he plays a uh, Indian gentleman or Pakistani gen gentleman. Not sure. Pretty decent brown face going on with that, which I don't think would would kind of fly nowadays. Uh, but yes, there was also another one, another movie he was in about a science project in high school. And for the life of me, I just cannot work out what this movie is. And, uh, and it's like they go back in time and it's like in their gymnasium turns into a, turns into a freaking jungle. And it's like, he thinks he's in Vietnam and then there's like a dinosaur comes out. This is what I remember as a kid, like watching it. It's something about high school, a high school project or something. Um, he's in it. He's one of the guys. It's kind of like if Weird Science got smashed together and they had um, Weird Science and like a bit of Jurassic... No, Weird Science and um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, kind of kind of that. Kind of. So I don't know if that happened before Bill and Ted and I don't know if it happened after Bill and Ted and this is kind of a cheaper version of that, but... Anyway, I distinctly remember him being in that. Uh, Brian Backer, uh, like I said, is is Alfred, the annoying twat. Uh, near, uh, Ned Ensberg. I've seen Ed in other things, like TV shows, and as an older guy now in his 50s. He plays Eddie. Uh, Larry, Larry Joshua plays Grazer, the big muscular jock bully. Uh, Brian Matthews plays Todd. Uh, he's kind of like the main counselor slash young guy kind of the cool counselor kind of thing uh leah aries is michelle caroline hoonigan is karen uh carrot glenn is sally um then you got shelly bruce is tiger bonnie dorolsky is is mari sarah chadoff is barbara Kevy Kendall was Diane. Tom Savini did the practical effects for this one here. Um, and Bruce Callagher uh, uh, was Rod. Uh, Willie Real was Paul. And J.R. McKinley is Fish. Like I said, quite a chunk of young cast in this. So, like, And for 50 minutes, you're building up, put bloody... Nerdburger aside, that gives you the shits. But you're really starting to build this rapport with the girls, with the guys, you know, how they intermingle. They're teenagers, they're awkward. You know, the boys are, you know, you're face palming with half the shit the boys are saying to the girls because you're just like, why are you saying that? But at the same time, you think back to when you're 15, you're like, oh, fuck, you know, how embarrassing. And and that that's kind of makes it real, you know. These are these are awkward teens on a summer camp. They're horny ads, and you know they're just dawn weird and wonderful shit. And um, in the back of this, uh, in the campsite, so you got Camp Blackfoot, is what it's called. And Camp Blackfoot, before this group of campers came in, there was a groundskeeper called Cropley. And oh, Crom Cromley or Crompley, uh, any Cropsy, Cropsy, Cropsy. There you go. Anyway, and Cropsy was a bit of a prick, right? And he was the maintenance guy and the groundskeeper, you know. And some some kids get together, they pull a prank on him, and it goes wrong, and he he catch fire, like so. Hence the burning. And um, yeah, so. Long story short, he goes on a bit of a revenge. Uh, yeah, those pesky teenagers. And um, so he starts picking kids off and, and all this kind of stuff. So that's what the, the general premise without spoiling stuff uh, is, is about. 
I definitely don't want to get into stuff because I will spoil it, and that's what makes the burning a phenomenal movie when the shit hits the fan in the 49th minute mark. Like, this is... So you're thinking, oh, yeah, nerdy teen. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe he said that. Oh, my God, that's a bit full on. You get to the 49-minute mark, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, and he... Cropsy comes out with the old snippity snips, and uh, yeah, it's it's intense. There's one particular kill scene that is, it's it is known amongst the horror fan. I have never seen what outside of Cabin in the Woods when when the elevator doors open up and all the monsters come out and hit all those soldiers at the one time, and you're pressing the slow mo button. Because you want to see how the fuck this goes down. And you see one guy is just standing there and a snake grabs one bit. And he just goes flying into pieces all over the place. But if the only way to see this is in slow-mo because it's so quick. That you, you literally blink and half the scene's gone and all this stuff has happened. In this scene, it's kind of like that. I've never seen a kill ratio happen in one whack like it did then in this this scene in the burning and it's it's quite shocking you don't know where it's going to allude to the music starts you're thinking oh fuck here we go okay and then it's just do 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 and you're like what the fuck like when i first saw the burning and this scene happen my fucking jaw just hit the floor i i have never seen that spree being done before and like how quick it was how ruthless it was it was just manic uh well directed well acted music was phenomenal the scene was sensational like this and it's it's made you scared made you horrified it grossed you out at the same time it was a phenomenal scene and i don't know like I said, if there's been any other horror film that has just smacked you in the face with multiple fatalities in that period of time. Like outside, like I said, with, you know, Cabin in the Woods with all the monsters coming out. Wow. Like, and then it is just fucking business time after that with, with Cropsy. And he's, he's just like, these kids are going to go. Like, I am pissed off. Like, uh, and uh, yeah, the practical effects for Cropsy, how he looks when you see him. Uh, and pff, Tom, yeah, it's Tom's. Tom loves this movie. This is his this is his pride and joy. Like he he's he's not shy in saying it. And I can see why. He did a phenomenal job creating a character outside of your uh, you know standard uh and I say that respectfully, um Friday, you know, Freddy Cougar, Mike Myers, Jason Voorhees. You've got these new characters now. You've got Cropsy's not new. But you've got Hatchet, you know, um, Crowley, Victor Crowley, you know, is, is another thing that comes to mind. Like, these are the kind of the horror figures that kind of stand to the side outside your main king hitters that everyone thinks of when they think of a horror film. You know, like I said, Mike Myers, Freddy Cougar, etc., etc. Then you've got this, this second group of horror villains and their own unique looks. So you've got Cropsy, you've got uh, Victor Crowley, you know, and that kind of stuff. And um, so the practical effect for this was a phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. So it, long story, you know, they're getting picked off, you know, it's getting business time, gets to right to the end, there's a big showdown, right? And the showdown uh, is, is really quite tense. And it, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Razorback because the the guy, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, that's that's the kind of final person, uh, really. Uh, you know, the final person, they're getting, they're essentially hunting 
uh, uh, Cropsy, but at the same time, Cropsy's hunting them. So it's this, you don't, you know, it's it's a really good ending, a very good suspenseful ending to a thing. And it's in a way like this mining warehouse, like a mining kind of uh, in factory. And that's what it reminded me a little bit of Razorback. So the guy's hunting the, the pig, you know, uh, and, and the pig's essentially hunting him as well through this, this uh, you know, butcher uh, abattoir factory environment uh and in this it's the the two uh characters hunting each other like in this uh in his mind so that was kind of cool that's what it reminded me of um and then the ending occurred and then there's this campfire and it's the story the the you know uh the story's being told again so you think of it well here we go like so that's why I enjoyed the ending for the burning. It was quite good. Moving on. So there's that recommendation there. Like I said, uh, kind of hard to get it on DVD. If you can do uh, a non-regional DVD player, you could, you could get it from overseas and watch it that way and hold it as a Blu-ray or a DVD. Or like I did, I watched it on YouTube. My advice to you, if you are watching it on YouTube, grab a, watch it on your phone because it will come out clearer on the screen than it does on the YouTube. On a laptop, you'll probably get away with it. If you want to Chrome, copy it and broadcast it on the TV, don't do it. You'll be rage quitting. It's so blurry. You won't even see what's going on and it drives you nuts. So definitely do not do that. Check it out on your phone or your laptop. It would be the best way to go. Uh, cool. So, yeah, definitely definitely a, a, a good one there. <clears throat> so, moving on to Sleepaway Camp um, as well. So, Sleepaway Camp uh, has got the, the the one and only Felissa Rose. And she plays Angela uh, in this. And Sleepaway Camp is... It's the, the history I have with Sleepaway Camp is I've seen the poster as a kid and I've seen the VHS illustration cover of this, which is the sneaker with the bow knife going through it and the blood going down. And I always thought as a kid, ooh, like what happened? Oh, that would hurt, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and it always intrigued me what it was about. But because I was a little tacker, there was no way I was watching it. So, like I said, it took a few few decades to happen before I watched it. And again, I watched it in my late 20s, quite late to the party, because it was on my list for me to watch, but I'd get distracted with other, other horror films that were coming out at the time at my local DVD shop. So, not, it just wasn't, you know, you'd keep forgetting a bit. A bit of Dory, you know, <laughs> keep forgetting, you know. Um... And so, yeah, so eventually when I went, nah, I'm going to watch it. And I sat down and watched it and was was impressed. Now, the thing is, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, and I know I'm not the only horror fan here, that Sleepaway Camp is the horror film where you have seen the end <laughs> before you've seen the movie. Like, because there's an iconic scene uh and uh starring featuring felissa rose and it is being referenced to the fucking teeth like this thing it's on t-shirts it's on poster steals yeah uh you name it like uh, i think the simpsons did a nod on it once you know everyone someone's uh, south park you know it's been nodded out a few times and uh so so yeah when so when i sat down and watched this film knowing that this scene was going to happen right uh and but not knowing what it was because you you're following felissa rose through this whole film right and you're thinking okay you know as far as you concerned she could be pulling that face because she stubbed her bloody toe on the side of the bed you don't you don't know why she's pulling that face or why that reference occurs so you're watching this movie going when's she going to do the face like <laughs> so when when i started watching this film i was like okay and i was intrigued by the start there's an accident that occurs involving children and a boat 
and then you you see um, Angela and and a boy, and you think, okay, so it's you know you don't think it kind of you're not paying attention to this particular. You are paying attention, but you're not paying attention to the the characters in this scene. You've focused more on the auntie and Angela, kind of. So it gets. You kind of miss it, um, and that was done really well. So you're following Angela, and she goes to a camp, uh, a summer camp, and she's there with, uh, she meets other, um, she goes, I think, with her cousin or something, and um, meets other boys and girls her age. So you've got Jonathan Turston, who plays Ricky. He's her kind of love interest, kind of crush. You got Paul D'Angelo plays Ronnie, Karen Fields plays Judy. Judy, I think every girl that went to an all-girl school or anyone in high school would would know a Judy. Like, holy, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like, we've all went to fucking high school with a Judy. Pamela Springsteen is Angela Barker. Christopher uh, Col Colette is Paul. Catherine uh, Camby is Meg. Thomas uh, Wendell is Mike, uh, John E. Dunn is Kenny, and Renee Estevez is Molly. And so then you've got, and these are the kids. Uh, well, kids kind of early teens uh, kind of kids. And then you've got Dosray Gore is Aunt Martha, and Mike Killen, who is uh, Mel Caustic, who's the camp boss kind of owner of uh, the sleepaway camp. Um, <clears throat> so sleepaway camp pretty much as it leads there's there's a couple of murders throughout the, the the show but initially at the start it's this kind of you know you're building characters you're getting to know people that you like you're getting to know people that are the bullies you get to know you know the love interest for An Angelica and the thing Angelica doesn't speak at all like she and so instantly judy gets her freaking bloody hairs up and and just goes her is just unrelentless with the bullying like and because she's so insecure and doesn't understand who angelica is she just can like a pit bull on a poodle like it just through the whole movie and it makes it a bit uncomfortable to watch because you're like, you're not partaking in the bullying, but you're watching it. And all coming out of high school, we've all seen bullying like this before. Right? I've seen bullying from adults like this before now. But like in high school, it is like you had that Angela kid, whether it was a boy or a girl, and you had that Judy bully, and it was fucking every day. Like, and you either watched it, you tried to stop it yourself, or you were too scared to stop it because you're thinking, well, they're going to turn their sights on me. So this is kind of as the adult watching this, as the young adult watching this out of high school, it kind of brought back a lot of memories of high school for myself and uh, what it's, you know, uh, bullying or trying to stop a bully or, you know, whatever. So that was kind of a uh, very realistic acting amongst the, the young teens at that time. Uh, and the director uh, for um, portraying real realistic bullying, really. Um, <clears throat> so you've got the group of girls. Angel Angelica kind of sleeps with these girls in their dorm, and they just all take turns and just, you know, bullying the shit out of her. And at the same time, because, because Jonathan Turston, so because of Ricky showing her interest this has really got judy has got the shits on with this and uh really goes to make sure that uh, angelica's life is is made miserable as much as possible throughout this camp and like i said throughout the there's interactions with adults there's interactions with you know uh creepy kind of sleazy events amongst kids and adults in this camp uh which doesn't end well uh and ends in a, a couple of fatalities and so the girls start getting picked off and, you know, the, the people that are nasty start getting picked off. Um, so you're not really, 
upset that they're getting killed because they're just such pieces of shit like that you're just like yeah good good they got their comeuppance good so when it leads eventually to the end um it is quite a phenomenal ending uh for this if you have not seen sleepaway camp like i said i'm not going to gatekeep here i'm just going to tell you to watch it it's a massive recommend and this is why i don't go through and tell the whole or kind of skirt over the whole film and give you the kind of gist of what the movie's about and why it's good so when when the reveal kind of happens at the end you just you're not expecting it like and it on and for the time hands down this has got to be the best plot twist like outside of psycho so you i mean so pretty pretty safe to spoil psycho when everyone went buck it's it's old bates himself like as dressing up as his mum like and the skeletons in the rocking chair and you're like holy shit and the reaction uh of of the audience back when psycho occurred right so that would have been the end the plot twist that everyone's brain just melted when that happened then there was nothing 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 sleep away camp this was this was the ending that was literally outside of psycho that had everyone walk out the theater going what the fuck like like because it just it wasn't you didn't see it you just you didn't see it and you didn't click or put two and two together to see it until when it happens and then you're like fuck and and that's why it immediately became a fan a favorite amongst amongst horror people because uh, it was so well done and phenomenal kind of stuff and but unfortunately because of the year and the, the, it did rock the world of a lot of horror fans but it didn't rock the world of the general public watching the movie and so of course it gets forgotten about and then it becomes cult status and then you know your, your horror kind of tragics like myself refer to it heavily or look at it fondly and and you know um uh, big fans of felissa rose uh because of it so great movie great camping horror camping feel like it, it's it's uh it's it's thing it get it got me thinking about when i went on camps for school and stuff and i'm thinking wow this is so many places that i went to that were ex well the uh cam arawak is the is the campsite in um sleepaway camp spelled a r a a r a w a k um uh or iraq I, I won't i'm not going to get into it the bloody dyslexia will have a short circuit um <clears throat> so yeah it's we've been to a few campsites that were there while well, the one I remember was, was my year eight camp, and that was a campsite, and directly behind it was a cornfield at Victor Harbour. The movie we chose to watch that night was Children of the Corn. Well played, PE teacher. <laughs> like in a fucking a group of twelve to thirteen year old boys. Oh yeah, what movie we're gonna watch the first night? of the camping thing i don't know how about children of the court like holy shit did we fly out of that i mean i reckon dead set i did not waste any tread of my sneakers coming out of that bloody hall to run to my cabin and it happened to be cabin one right at the fucking end like right near the bloody cornfield well, like I tell you, I was like Jesus walked on water. I freaking flew over asphalt. I was, I was, I fucking legged it, something hard out of that hole, straight into the dorm. All the other guys are going, oh look, Joe's scared. I didn't even give a shit. I was like, you know what, mate? I'm staying quiet. I'm turning the lights off and I'm under the covers and I'm not going to die because I'm going to lay quiet and still in the darkness. So if whatever monster comes out of the bloody cornfield is going to eat all the loud, annoying 12-year-old boys, 
Uh, so yeah, that that it made me laugh. It made me have a good little bit, bit of a memory uh, of the year eight camps. But like, yeah, you start to this this episode made me think of all the different school camps that I went on and and camping as a kid, like in a group, like you know, and and you had your your kind of weirdo uh, Alfreds with you, and uh, the kind of the jocko bullies that kind of. Uh, you know, traumatized them and stuff like that. So, and I had some memories, and <clears throat> that was good. So, I uh, yeah. Anyway, like I said, if you haven't seen these movies, if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp or uh, The Burning, I definitely recommend them. Uh, and yeah, enjoy. You will you will like them. Um, that's that's no doubt about it. Uh, and yeah, so cool. So that's this episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, apologies for the almost six-week hiatus between the episodes. Remember that I do a Spotify and the podcast episodes of Adelaide Horror Podcast. I kind of go into a bit more depth. So there may be uh, a bit of spoiler here and a spoiler there uh, with that. So you've been kind of pre-warned. But I'll do a more in-depth talk about the movies on the on the podcast um, that you can listen to. Uh, so visually, this is more of a skimmo and a, and a high recommend for the three movies or the shows. And then, uh, yeah, the more in-depth would be on the podcast. So you're more than uh, invited to come and have a good listen uh, to that. But, yeah, just be warned there'll be a bit more spoilery stuff on, on the podcast uh, on that one. Cool. So, anyway... Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed your uh, Easter break. Uh, like I said, shooting this on Easter Saturday. So uh, this will be um, up, I think, Easter Monday. Uh, I'll release it. So by then, everyone would have enjoyed a good Easter Sunday and a good uh, catch-up with family and friends. A uh, good couple of beers, some chocolate eggs. Uh, IPF 40 team got up. And, uh, yeah, all good. So cool. So this is Zombie Joe. Signing out. I'll see you in the crypt and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now.